can we talk about your trauma? And here's why I'm dealing with this area, because I've seen so many different married individuals have tremendous problems in their marital relationships because when they were single, they did not deal with traumatic things in their life. They get married and something triggers them in the relationship and it takes them all the way back to a traumatic situation that the person they married to didn't even know about. And now they have marital problems because they did not deal with some single issues. Your trauma should not define you, it should refine you. And here's the unfortunate part about traumatic things. If you let them define you, you will always be a victim in life. But whatever happened to you does not eliminate God's treasures in you. You got to see God's call on your life. That it is too big for you to keep tripping over trauma. And I'm telling you as a single person, when you start thinking like God thinks, and when you accept what he says for you, and you believe what he says about you, you will complete the assignment he has on your life. And you'll have fun in the process. I won't say it'll be easy, but it's worth it. You can't change the trauma, but you can manage the triggers. You call those things that be not as though they were. You say, well, Pastor, what is that going to do? Well, according to faith, you have what you say. So if instead of letting it trigger me back, and then I let my mind go back, and then once your mind go back, your mouth going to go back. Once you get over there, instead of doing that, you just say, no, 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 wait a minute, no, 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 wait a minute. If God is for me, he, who can be against me? Where the truth? Good morning. Come on, stand to your feet. We're going to do our confession. I know you just sat down. But it's okay. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to exercise anyway. <laughs> you done already got started, right? Grab your Bibles or whatever you use to access the Word of God. Say, this is God's Word. Not Pastor Evans' Word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be, and I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, my ears are open, and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, help these singles. Amen. <laughs> you may be seated. <laughs> now, I'm going to forewarn you today. I gave you some candy the last time I was here. So... The swimming pool is going to get deeper today. So just look at your neighbor and say, he's coming. So, uh, I just love y'all. 
And I'm about to hit y'all with something that is so good. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, so here's the deal. If you're visiting for the very first time, if you are, raise your hand. All right? Okay, good. Good. Give our visitors a big hand clap. Thank you for viewing online. I just know today is going to change your life. And so we're in a relationship series, and every single September we divide our church. And so for the whole month, everybody say the whole month. The whole month we separate our church. So the 9 o'clock service was for married people. So if you're married and you accidentally got in this service, just stay in here. You'll learn something. But when you leave, you can go back and view our 9 o'clock service. And so we do that. And one of the reasons I do that is because years ago when I used to do single conferences and marriage conferences, the people that needed to come did not show up. They either had babysitting issues or work issues or whatever. And so what would happen is problems would occur in their lives. And so I ended up being bombarded by counseling people, which uh, I don't necessarily see myself as a counselor. And so the Lord gave me this idea to separate our church. And so we've been doing it now for 12 years. And by the way, it's typically one of the highest attended months for our church. And so if you're here for the first time, we're going to be doing this for the rest of the month. Say amen to that. So if you're taking notes, we're going to dive right into the message today. The, The message title is Faith to Wait. Now, just look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you already. Faith to wait. Now, if I would subtitle today's message, it would be, Lord, you taking too long. Now, look at your other neighbor and say, he really talking to you right now. And the whole purpose of the message is to strengthen every single individual in their faith as they wait for God to send to them the right person. How many is waiting on God to send the right person? Let me see your hand. And I know some of you all may be like, well, Pastor Edmund, I don't want to get married no more. That's fine. Because the principles I'm going to teach, faith to wait, it can teach you how to wait on a house and wait on a car and wait on a job. So if you ain't waiting on a man, if you ain't waiting on a woman, the message is going to still apply to you. Say amen to that. So... The purpose is to strengthen every uh, every single person uh, and then also give you some insight on why waiting can be a blessing. So here's point number one if you're taking notes and you should have some with you. The first point is you must wait in faith. You must wait in, in faith. And I hear some of you all thinking already, Pastor Evan, I've been waiting a long time and now you're telling me to wait in faith? Well, my response to you is... If you can't wait in faith now, what makes you think you will be able to stay in faith later? Now, see that? that, Look at your neighbor and say, if you go to napping, I'm going to go to slapping. Go on and tell them. I'm going to say that again. If you can't wait in faith now for this person that God has for you, what makes you think you will be able to stay in faith later? Because let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. You are going to have problems when you get married. I ain't going to have no problem. I'm going to be ready. You can be ready all you want to. Not, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, I'm reading out of the NIV version. It says, now, now this was Paul talking to the Corinthians church. And the point I'm going to show you is, if you can't wait in faith now, you're not going to be able to stay in faith later. The NIV version of 1 Corinthians 7 Paul was talking to the Corinthians church. There were some issues going on. I'm not sure what the issues were. But he says, now about virgins. How many virgins in here? No, don't raise your hand. (laughs) 
<laughs> we wouldn't even get no hand. We would get a finger like. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just, I'm just playing. He says, now consider. <laughs> now by virgins, I have no commandment from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercies is trustworthy. Look at verse 26. He says, because of the present crisis, so I wasn't sure, I'm not sure what was going on, but because of this crisis, he says, I think that it's good for you to remain as you are. Are you married? Do not seek a divorce. The married people didn't like that when I read that. Are you unmarried? Do not look for a wife or a husband. You're like, oh my God, pastor, keep reading. Verse 28. But if you do marry, everybody please. If you do marry, he says, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But read this with me, church. But those who marry will face many troubles in life. I'm telling you, I know you want to get married, but if you can't wait in faith right now, you might not be able to stay in faith later. Because trouble's going to come. And the reality of waiting in faith is this. Waiting in faith for God's promise is one of the is one of the highest ways for you to please God. Most people never connect their faith to things like this. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 in the King James says, but without faith, it is what? Impossible to do what? So if I'm not waiting in faith for the spouse that God has for me, then guess what? I'm not pleasing God. The New Living Translation says, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that, listen, He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. As you wait for your spouse, watch this, you have to put your faith on and not just your weight on. I'm going to say that again. When you're waiting on your spouse, you just can't put your weight on. you got to put your faith on. The message translation of Hebrews 11.6 says this. It's impossible. Everybody say impossible. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. Listen, the, fa- the same faith that helped you get that job. The same faith that opened up that door for a new opportunity. The same faith that you used to get that house. The same faith you used to buy that car. Is the same faith you can use to wait for God to bring the right person. And some of you have made getting married so much about you. That you don't realize that while God is working on you. And while God is working on them. While he's preparing you. And he's preparing them. He's also preparing. Watch this now. A table before you. For those who didn't think you were good enough for them. Psalm 23, 5, I love it. It says, Thou, God, prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I'm not calling your ex your enemies. Some of y'all might have them. I'm not calling your ex your enemy. But what God is trying to do is make you a showpiece when they treated you like a side piece. Glory be to God. Listen to the message translation of Psalm 23, 5. It says, you serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. See, while God's preparing you 
And he's preparing them. He's also preparing a table so people can see how God, listen, don't, don't pray God kill my enemies. Don't do that. Pray that God will keep them alive long enough to see his blessings on your life. God's not just trying to get glory. He's trying to give you a story. And if you don't wait in faith, you won't have one. Say amen to that. Waiting in faith is you trusting that God, listen, is trustworthy enough to produce the promise in your life. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. Why? Because he, God, he's faithful who has promised. The New Living Translation says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Here you are wavering about if he wants you married and you want to be married. Well, why he, would he want you married if you want to be married? But you're so messed up because you've been waiting such a long time. Maybe God don't want me to be married. Well, if you want to get married, he says he'll give you the desires of your heart. The problem is... Your criteria is keeping you from being married. Oh, why y'all looking at me like that? Oh, no, no. See, some of y'all, your, 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 your information is too restricted. Some of y'all might need to cross cultures. I only black, date black people. That's your problem. Right there. I don't know what color Adam and Eve was because he came out the dirt. She came out of his real. What color is a bone? White. Hello. First interracial couple in the Bible. <laughs> First one. First one. I'm just saying. Hebrews 11, 11 says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Listen, because she judged him faithful who had promised. How do you see God? Do you see him only as a need maker or a promise keeper? The Amplified of Hebrews 11, 11 says, Because of faith also Sarah herself received physical power to conceive a child even when she was long past the age for it because she considered God who had given her the promise to be reliable and trustworthy and true to his word and listen church the moment you make excuses of not being able to wait if it's bigger than your faith then your choices will always be filled with compromise when you have excuses of why you can't wait. Oh God, this has happened. This has happened. I want this. This has been taken long. The moment your excuses of being able to wait in faith are bigger, then your choices will be filled with compromise. And that's why waiting in faith for God to send the right person. Now, I don't believe now there's just one person for everybody. So if you believe that, let's change your thought process today. Because... If there was just one person for you and that person decides to get out of obedience to God and marry somebody else, the whole system is messed up now. No, no, no. There's not one person, but there's a person. There's a right person. Say amen to that. 
So here's point number two. Here's point number two. Because we're talking about faith to wait. Everybody say faith to wait. Point number two. Patience perfects me so God can bless me. Patience perfects me. So God can bless me. James chapter 1 verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, knowing what? That the trying of my faith is what's working patience. But then he says, But let patience have her perfect work. Why? So that you may be perfect or mature and entire, wanting nothing. Listen, patience is waiting on God to do something for you that you can't do for yourself. I'm going to say that again. Patience is waiting on God to do something for you that you can't do for yourself. You just can't make somebody appear. God is not a genie. You can just rub and then here it is. Junior shows up. That's not how it works. James chapter 1 verse 2 in the Living Bible says this. Dear brothers, is your life full of difficulty and temptations? Then be happy. For when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to grow. So let it grow and don't try to squirm out of your problems. For when your patience is finally in full bloom, then you will be ready for anything. Listen to this. Strong in character, full and complete. You know, there's one scripture that says... It's through faith and patience we inherit the promises. Some promises that God has made you, it's going to take some time. It's like it's got to go in the oven and and bake before he gives it to you. Here's a take-home statement of one of the quotes that I love. It says, make patience your friend or time will be your enemy. See, when you can be patient for what God is doing, time won't bother you now. Because see, now my perspective is eternal. I'm looking at the promise. I'm not looking at the process. I'm looking at what he has promised me. And that's what I'm looking at. Here's a take-home thought. Everybody say, hmm. When we wait on God, we will get his best. But when we don't wait on God, we'll just get our best. And sometimes our best is not the best. And that's why you are where you are today. The advantages of patience give you, listen, it gives you the time to check on your lifestyle so that God can do what he needs to do while you're waiting. Because, see, some of y'all see waiting as a curse. I'm tired of waiting. And here's the problem. You know why you're tired of waiting? Because your waiting process is flesh. So here's some things that you can be, it's like a, it's like a checkup. Have you ever had a doctor checkup? Yeah, anybody had a doctor checkup? Yeah, I don't like checkups. But anyway, these, these are like checkups that you can do while you're waiting on God to do what he needs to do. Number one, ask yourself, what condition is my heart in? Did Junior mess your heart up? Did Sheila mess your heart up so mad? You don't, look, right now, I, I was meeting with, with one of our members, and uh, I mean, his, his divorce, it was bad. I mean, it beat him up real bad. He was like, he had all the statistics down. He says, okay, it's 51% when you get married. He said, but is this what when you get two, t- married twice? And then he did get through. I mean, he knew all the stuff. He's like, I'm not getting married again. And all I heard was pain. What's the condition of my heart? Here's number two. Does my mouth match what I'm waiting for? How are you going to pray? God, thank you for this man. Thank you for this woman. And then when you get done praying... You're talking to your friends. I don't know how long I'm going to be single. I think I'm going to be here till Jesus come. 
Here's number three. These are check. This is a checklist. What am I not doing that I should be doing? And what I sh- what am I should not be doing that I am doing? Straighten it out. Here's the next one. Are my thoughts consistent with what I'm believing for? Here's the next one. Check your commitment to praise. Because see, most people don't realize your praise produces prosperity in your life. Psalm 67 verse 5 says, let the people pray. Okay, here we go. We're going to practice this. So when I say let the people praise you, O God, when I say that, I just want y'all to let out a praise. Okay, you ready? Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Then what it say? Then, then when? Then after you praise, he says the earth will release her increase. Maybe your husband is being held up because you ain't got no praise. Maybe your wife ain't showed up because ain't nothing coming out of your mouth glorifying God. Here's the next one. Am I still growing my faith by hearing the word while I wait on the promise? Some of y'all's faith account is in itself. Non-sufficient faith. You ain't got no faith. Here's the next one. Check your commitment to the kingdom of God. What do you mean by that, Pastor Evan? Am I connected to my church? It's quiet in here. I heard a road say amen, though. Did y'all hear that road say amen? I heard it. Amen, Pastor. I heard it. Am Am I connected to my church? Am I involved and do I participate? Do I tend consistently? Do I honor the Lord in my giving? Am I reaching out to others with the gospel? Because while you're waiting on God, God's waiting on you to fulfill the kingdom assignment on your life. You ain't told nobody about Jesus. Okay. Most singles are waiting, but not in faith or patience. Because, listen, some of you are dating when you should be waiting. Mm. I got to back off of that one. I got to back off. It was hot up there. Some of you all are dating and you should be waiting. Am I saying you shouldn't be dating? No. But when you're waiting on the Lord, you can wait without having to date. But when you're waiting on a man or a woman, then you have to date while you wait. Why? Because you're trusting flesh instead of God's process. So listen, for instance, let me show you what I mean. Because see, some of y'all shouldn't be dating. I'm telling you, you shouldn't be dating. You See, somebody prayed yesterday. Lord, should I start dating this man? The Lord is telling you, no. No, 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 I'm your answer today. No, no, no. You prayed it last night. You prayed it. You met a guy. Lord, shut up. No. This is how it is. You go to the restaurant. I'm talking about patience, God. You got to be able to wait for God. You at a restaurant. You order your food. And it's a, you know, it's a nice restaurant. So it ain't like McDonald's where they just give it to you in five seconds. Not that kind of restaurant. Good food. You order something. It's taking some, taking about a while to, to cook it and marinate it and fix it. And so you get impatient. They back there cooking your food. You call the waiter back up. Excuse me, waiter. It's taking too long. Let me order something else. Hello? Why would you order something else thinking it's going to come out faster? And that's what people do who are dating and they shouldn't be. Your order's already in. If you ask him for it, it's already on the menu. He's already taking your order and he's in the back getting that thing ready. 
But now you can't wait. So you, you dating Tom, Dick, and Harriet. Take it like you want to. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, patience or lack of it will either produce a reward or regret. I'm going to say that again. Patience or lack of it will either produce a reward or regret. And because the opposite of the promise is a problem, listen, impatience will always produce an Ishmael, but patience will always produce an Isaac. Here's point number three. I'm closing it up. Point number three. Divine waiting strengthens you while natural waiting weakens you. I'm going to say that again. Divine waiting. Everybody say divine waiting. Divine waiting strengthens you. While natural waiting weakens you. Weariness is waiting or weariness in waiting comes when my mind or your mind focuses on how hard it is to, to, how long it's taking God. This is taking too long. That's when weariness comes. But watch this though. When you're waiting on the promise and your focus is the harvest, then now it's easier to wait. Galatians 6, 9 says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. Why? He said, because in due season, weeping's going to come. You're not always going to be single. I know it feels, feels like that. I know it seems like that. Uh, you say, well, Pastor, I'm, I'm 60. I'm 60. 60. You might even be 70 like, no, no, last week. Wasn't last week amazing? Y'all give a handicap last week. It was good, wasn't it? Brother Harold's 72. They asked him on the podcast, so uh, you want to get married again? He sure took his time to answer that. I think he was thinking about it. He said, Pastor, I'm 72. What difference does it make? God can do something just like that. Listen to the New Living Translation of Galatians 6 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. The Amplified says, and let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly. Don't give up doing what's right. I've been keeping myself. Well, keep keeping yourself. Well, it didn't help me the first time. Well, listen, doing what's right. You can never go wrong doing what's right. He said, for in due time and at the appointed season, we will reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. Divine waiting will strengthen you, not weak you. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, but they that wait on who? On who? It did not say, and they that wait on Russell. It said, but they that wait on the Lord, what's going to happen to them? What's going to happen? That, that renew means I had to get some more. So there are going to be times where your strength gets low and you get tired and you get weary. He said, but listen, when that happens, I'll renew your strength if you come to me to get it. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagle. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. The message translation says this, but those who wait upon God get fresh strength. I like that. 
They spread their wings and, uh, and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. Psalm 27, 14 says, wait on who, church? Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. Where does strength come from? It comes from God. The Amplified Version says this, wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Notice now where my waiting and my expectations coming from. See, some of y'all are waiting for a man. Oh, well, the man, you know, I don't know these days now, we got women proposing. Don't be that desperate. Thank you for those 18 scatterclouds. Don't be that desperate. Don't, don't do it. No, it's not worth that. Let me tell you. Now, listen, man, I ain't got no problems now. You know, I know, no, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I know the old school is like, you know, you know, a lady should not approach no man. Mm, mm. I, I don't always, I'm not all the way agreement with that. Okay. Um, my philosophy is a little different. It's biblical though. You know, because everybody talk about Ruth and Boaz. But they don't realize Ruth made the first move, not him. So I ain't got no problem with you making the first move, shooting your shot. But if he don't throw the ball back, stop. Stop shooting, sister. Shoot throwing up threes, 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 threes. <laughs> you have court. No, no. No. We're not going to do that. The Living Bible of Psalm 27:14 says, "Don't be impatient. Wait for the Lord, and He will come and save you. Be brave, stout-hearted, and courageous. Yes, wait, and He will help you." The Message translation of the same verse says, "Stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit." I'll say it again. Stay with God because sometimes if you're waiting too long and you ain't ran across the man that's close to the criteria that the Bible teaches, sometimes you tend to want to stray. And let me tell you, if you don't stay in faith while you wait, you're going to end up dating or marrying a project. Fix him up here. Fix him up there. Fix him up. Fix him up everywhere. No, sister. No, you ain't no construction worker. It's not your job to fix him up. Men are like dogs. They go to the bomb if they're not going to change. If the way you see him now, if you can't marry him that way, don't marry him. He ain't going to change. Now, now, uh, he can change. We can change. You can't teach an old dog some new tricks. But that dog got to want to learn. I'm not calling you a dog, brother. I'm talking to myself while I'm up here. Psalm 37, 34 says, wait on the Lord and keep his way and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. The living Bible says, don't be impatient for the Lord to act. Keep, listen, keep traveling steadily along his path. And in due season, he will honor you with every blessing and you will see the wicked destroyed. 
The Living Bible of Psalm 39, 7 says, And so, Lord, my only hope is in you. Psalm 130, I'm just trying to pump faith into you because, see, some of y'all, y'all came in. See, some of y'all like, shoot, I, deal, I, I date a drug dealer right now. <laughs> no, we just read. He said, keep his way. Keep his way. I'm just going to be a hoe again. No, we can't do that. We can't go back. We can't go back. No, 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 not hoe status. No, we're not going back to that. Some of y'all, y'all, some of y'all come in here and you're like, oh no. Oh Lord. No, we, we, we not doing that. See, let me tell you, the, the truth is waiting exposes your heart. Psalm 105, it talked about Joseph. It says, until the time that his word came, I'm going to say it like this, until the time that his promise came, the word of the Lord tried him. The New Living Translation says this, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. See, your weight exposes what you really believe. You know why? You know why you dating? Because you ain't trusting God. Do you know God can find, find that person while you wait? Let me ask you a question. Do you really think the God of this universe who created everything, who knows every desire of your heart, do you think he up there going, I want to see how long they can wait? Do you think he's doing that? I'm going to see how long. Oh, not. Ooh, ooh. No, no, he's not, he not doing that. But what I do know, if listen now, if I was God, I would not bless you with somebody who was going to take my place in your heart. Woo! Did you hear what I said right there? I slapped everybody. Do you really think God is going to give you somebody who's going to take his place in your heart? Are you kidding me? See, some of y'all, this person is going to be your life, your health. Your strength. They tell you to not go to church. Okay. What? No. Mm-mm. So how do we apply the word today? Because I done slapped y'all around enough. Let's see here. How do I exercise patience? It's a word that we don't like, but it's something that is needed. A farmer can't get a harvest unless he takes some time for that seed to stay in the ground. So how do you and I exercise patience? Here's number one. Realize that God has his own way already figured out of how he wants to bless us. He's already got it figured out. Number two. Well, let me just say this about that. Remember I told you while God is preparing you and God is preparing them, he's also preparing some things in the background that you may not see. Everybody say years ago. Years ago, the building that you're sitting on was six acres of a different property of the 20 or the, the 14 that we got in the back. So this land, go, uh, our land goes all the way to 360. I was going to build this building on the edge right there on the front of 360 so people can know that we're there. But then I wanted to be a community church first. So that's why we built it here facing that way. Now watch this now. The 14 acres, we bought it and we was paying on it. But the Lord spoke to me and told me that the six acres was our acres. 
And so I tried to buy it from the people who owned it. It's a total of 14 acres because there's some more acres on this side over here. But I didn't want that over there because it wasn't no good. So I tried in every way to buy the six acres by itself and they wouldn't do it. I talk for a living. So I'm shocked that they told me no. Long story short, after trying, I get a call from my broker. Pastor Connor, did you know there's a church buying that land that you wanted? I said, what? Then I'm thinking, what did that pastor say to them that I didn't say? I said, is it the whole 14? He said, no, it's just the six acres that you wanted. And I was thinking, the devil is a lie. God told me that was our land. So I said, do you have the number for the pastor? He said, yeah. I said, give it to me. I'm going to call him. So I called this pastor. I said, how you doing, pastor? Uh, my name is Pastor Evan Connor, Word of Truth Family Church. He says, I know who you are. I said, this ain't going to go well. <laughs> not going to go well. So I started explaining to him, because we didn't have a sign up there to show that it was that, that front was ours. I said, you know, the, the acreage that you all are looking at, that I wanted that as an extension to our property. He says, well, look like we're going to be neighbors. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you ever wanted to go off and you can't? I wanted to go. You know, because there are three levels. You got spirit, flesh, and what? Devil level. I, oh. And so I was mad when I hung up the phone. And you know what? I started just come over here and pour some oil on it and say, in Jesus' name, let them lose it. I didn't do that, though. <laughs> you know, we be, we be doing some crazy stuff in the name of Jesus, right? I said, I ain't going to do that. So watch this. Two years go by. I get a phone call from the same broker. Pastor Connor? I said, yeah. He said, you know that land that you wanted, that six acres that the family was selling? I was like, yeah. I said, that that other church bought? He said, yeah. He said... Well, the family wants to know, do you want to buy that? Are you still interested? He said, because that church is behind on their payments about eight months. And uh, they'll sell it to you if you want to. I said, sell it. So watch this though. This is my point in being patient. Two years done went by. Now I'm negotiating on the land. And typically I do business from my head. I do ministry from my heart. They typically don't mix. But the Lord told me to pray for the price. So I was like, Lord, what price do you want us to pay? And I forget what their price was, but I do know that the price that he gave me was almost a hundred thousand less than what they were asking. I'll never forget. Uh, it was two hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars, or no, three hundred. I got them mixed up. Three hundred and twenty-seven thousand dollars. That's what they wanted, or that's what I asked. And what they wanted was way more than that. Uh, and so I had prayed about it. And my broker, he said, well, what price you want to give him? I said, hold on, let me pray. God gave me that number. And the man calls me. Uh, he was like, when you want me to call you back? I was like, you can call me on Monday. I, I don't, it don't take me long to hear from God. Monday rolls around. He calls me. I avoid his phone call because I don't want to tell him 327000 because it's low. And he calls me again. I just avoided the phone call. I ain't ready to talk to him yet because he's going to be sad when I give him this number. So finally, I called him. He said, Pastor, did God speak to you? I said, he did. $327, all I heard was nothing. He sat on the phone real quiet. He said, but Pastor, the price that they're asking is a good price. I said, I know. But God told me $327, I can't go past that. So he was like, well, what do you want to offer him? I said, well, let's just start at $300. You know, you got to go up in negotiations, right? Long story short, we started negotiating. And they Christian people. So finally I was like, 
I said, listen, we're all Christians. God told me $327,000. I can't go past that. So then they just rose up, you know, because they, what they heard me say is that they couldn't pray and hear from God. I didn't say that. I said, I prayed. I don't think they prayed, but I did. God told me $327,000. And this is what they said to me. He said, Pastor, if God told you $327,000, you got to give us cash. That's the only way we'll do that price. See, I was going to, like, do 10% down and let them, you know, let them pay for it. That's how we was going to do it. $327,000? So now I'm like, because the Lord done got me in this now. I didn't get this on myself. So I went back to the Lord. I was like, Lord, what are we going to do? He said, you're going to write the check. It's not like we had the money, but I ain't never wrote no check that big before. My, I was nervous. My hand was shaking. And then I, I told Pastor Lisa, you're going to sign it too. We both going to jail. Let's go. <laughs> I ain't going to be the only one. Write that big old check. Long story short, two years went by because God gave us enough time to have the money to pay cash for it. Know that waiting on God is going to be worth the wait. Number four, keep your mind focused on the promise and not on the process. Number five, understand that there are benefits to being patient. It matures you. It teaches you to wait and trust God. It helps you to endure difficult times. And then last, it will, uh, it will always help your faith to receive the promises of God for your life. So I want everybody, did y'all get something out of that today? So before I pray, I, 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 I got a, a, a text message this week from uh, Mr. Letaris Whitfield, who, who took over my church last week, took it over. I looked at all the views. I was like, what do he think he doing? Anyway, he texted me. He was like, Pastor, I was praying this. Wait, first of all, let's just talk about when he sent me the text at 521 a.m. in the morning. I'm like, I'm not up that early. Jesus might be, but I'm sleeping in the Lord. He sends me a text. He says, Pastor, I was praying this morning, and God told me to join Word of Truth Family Church. <laughs> Wait a minute. Listen, listen, listen to the funny part. This is the funny part. He was like, uh, can you extend to me the right hand of fellowship? I was like, I ain't heard that since I was a Presbyterian. The right hand, that is biblical, the right hand of fellowship. So I'm going to do something different. I ain't never done this before, but you know, y'all already know me. If it works, I'm going to do it, right? That's just me, right? So I'm going to extend to Letaris Whitfield, who's on the front. I'm going to give him the right hand of fellowship. Come on up here. (laughs) Congratulations, man. I appreciate you. I love you, man. And you know what? Wait a minute. If you want to join today, you're not a member. You want to join? Come on. Let me give you the right hand of fellowship, too. Come on down here. Come on. Now, stay up here. Stay up here. Turn around. Come on. If you're going to join, let me give you the right hand of fellowship. Come on, my brother. Come on, my brother. Come on, my brother. Come on, my sister. Come on, my sister. Yes. Blessings. Yes. Blessings. Yes. Blessings. Yes, blessing. Yes, blessing. Yes, blessing. Yes, blessing. Yes, blessing. Yes, blessing. Yes, mother, blessing. Yes, blessing. Yes, blessing. Yes, blessing. 
Yes, blessing. Yes, blessing. Yes. Oh, we got two from one today. Yes. God bless you, sweetie. God bless you. Yes, yes. Congratulations, man of God. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Come on, y'all. Praise for him. Bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Well, thank you, Mr. Whitfield. <laughs> Listen, I got another surprise for you. We closing right here. I got another surprise. Y'all want to know the other surprise? Now, next week is our last single meeting. Oh, we got one more. Come on down. Oh, come on down here. It ain't never too late. I, I like your bling, too, brother. That's what I'm talking about. So, listen. Since it's my last week, and I have some other surprises, but you got to show up to hear them. But next week, everybody say next week. Next week, I'm going to do something very different. Lateris and I, we're going to do a preach up here tomorrow, uh, next week. We're going to preach together next week. Yeah. So stand to your feet right there where you are. Stand to your feet. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, you said your word would never return to you void. But it would accomplish that which you sent it to do. And Father, you said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. There are some single people in this room whose strength needed renewal today. And so I ask in the name of Jesus that you will rain down spiritual strength for every person in this room. I pray that their hearts will be strengthened. Their lives will be strengthened. Their spiritual lives will be strengthened. Their minds, their emotions, their physical man will be strengthened to obey you, God. And I thank you that their lives will never be the same. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Whatever head still bowed, here's my question. If you died today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven?